Hey, all you art history babes. Hi. <laughs> Wait I, didn't on know, I didn't know you were waiting on me to greet them as well. Hello. <laughs> Hello, babe nation. We have a new giveaway. We love to give stuff away when we have it to give yes, away. We just have to save up to have enough stuff to give away. <laughs> when we acquire things <laughs> to give away, we like to give them away. And we have a new giveaway starting today, July 17th and running through August 17th. If you purchase an item from the Art History Babes store at arthistorybabes.com, you will be entered to win this giveaway. And that is one entry per item. One merch equals one entry. Exactly. So if you get five merches, if you get three coffee cups and a t-shirt and a tote bag, that's five entries. That's, that's five. Five of them. So what's in the giveaway, you might ask? Well, let us tell you. An Art History Babe trademark t-shirt in cranberry. It is a size small, but it's kind of a big small. Yeah, it's a roomier. You could do a lot with it. You could. You really could. Listen to our Ruth Rippin episode. We'll tell you all the things you could potentially do with it. You could get DIY with it if you want. There is a necklace, a very simple uh, black pendant necklace by a lovely listener who does handmade jewelry, Allie Bremer. It's awesome. It's like brass and black leather. It's cool as all hell. And then there is a print of the four of us in Berlin that was printed by our featured artist, Zach Clark. There's a crystal from the the mountains of Shasta, California. <laughs> mountains of Shasta. Oh my gosh, that's the fanciest it's ever sounded. From Mount Shasta, California, right downtown at Soul Connections. It's a pretty magical place up in Northern California. We've got a fun crystal from there. And then last but certainly not least, a catalog uh, from a Ruth Rippon exhibition. Mm-hmm. So if you're unfamiliar with Ruth Rippon, make sure to head over to our Ruth Rippon episode amazing ceramicist and it's a really beautiful catalog with some really cool images yeah so you can be entered to win all of those goodies all you have to do is you got to pull the trigger on that merch you've been wanting to buy and you can check out our new stickers which are very affordable four pack of art history babe stickers there's coffee mugs there's t-shirts there's tote bags all kinds of cool stuff and also our featured artist prints are up in our store so a print set a triptych by featured artist zach clark is available and that also is included in this giveaway so buy some merch guys it's it's a win-win here yeah check out the merch arthistorybabes.com you walk away with something no matter what right you're the winner here (laughs) we're setting you up to win Uh, also we're on YouTube. I'm just going to keep reminding you all that we are on YouTube. In case you haven't heard. Uh, just dropped a new video. We're recording today. We're just trying to make all that content, podcasts, YouTube. We're all over the place. So make sure you get subscribed on our YouTube. Watch those videos like those videos. And yeah, I think that's all we got for you. think so. So enjoy the show. Enjoy. From Cabernet to Montmartre, they're here to slay the art history babe. I would put, I would like put a bunch of dirt in a cage because I had a hamster for like a minute when Aww. I was a kid. I think it died. I, I, I mean, think it died. It's not, not alive now, so <laughs> no fault to my own. <laughs> 
But I would I would get uh, earthworms and really oh. polybugs, and I'd put them in like a little cage together because I'd make like a little ecosystem. Would they for them. fight to the death? I saw like earthworms eat the shit out of so many really polybugs, and I would just Wait, like earthworms. Do they have like a mouth? Um, you know, like. Uh, I think one end is the mouth and one end is like the vagina penis because oh. they're 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 not gender. <laughs> I hate it so they can, much. They can dude. mate like with themselves. Oh, it's so that's nice. evolution, dude. That's the future. That is the future. When I was little, uh, <laughs> I wish we were recording mid- this. <laughs> we are. Oh, shit. <laughs> yeah. Mid- Don't worry. <laughs> um, Midwest shit. We uh, fireflies. You'd catch fireflies mm. in jars and then you'd take off their little butts. And what? you make like you take their butts necklaces off? out of no them. No way! Yeah. I didn't know you could do that. Yeah, you take off their and they. Oh, keep, I would have been all about I that have. shit. Yeah, <laughs> and uh, yeah, and they keep flashing for a long time. <gasps> so you would take oh, their little like, light up butts, no, and then you'd make jewelry. In my <laughs> next life, I will be a Midwestern <laughs> child wearing <laughs> so much like firebug butt necklaces. They were magical work. summers. They really were. I would be like, uh, I am Queen Mabe. Stop it, Queen of the Fae Folk. Faithful. Corey has this really awesome glass. It looks like a martini glass, but someone took off the stem, and it's just the glass part. And I think that that is rad. Yeah, I like it. She looks really I rad feel right now. Fancy. She's wearing a red top bikini and a, a Hawaiian themed blue UC Berkeley like dad button up, and it is truly it's a really dad good. Shirt. It's really good. It I like it a lot. To a Thanks. father. It's it's authentic. I like it a lot. I am definitely I'm feeling good about my my fashion statement right now. It's good. It's saying a lot. <laughs> <laughs> While also saying a lot. <laughs> yes. You're you're saying I'm not being subtle. Is that what you're saying? You <laughs> are also subtle. missing the red bikini that really creates the America. Oh, no, I yeah, said red bikini. Oh. I gave a red bikini. Yeah, there's a red, white, a blue shout out situation. In case anyone's wondering, the bikini. Is red. It's red. <laughs> there are photos on the internet. <laughs> She's on the internet. Babe's poolside. It's as locked than you think it's gonna be. Check it out. Poolside. Hashtag babe's poolside. Check it out for yourself. All right. All right. Let's let's actually Woo! get into Woo! this episode. Woo! Wait. Are we already recording? Yeah. yeah. No, we're We've recording been the recording the whole time, but we'll do our our intro. Yeah. Let's do our intro. I'm Corey. Natalie. I'm Jenny. I'm Jen. And we are the Art History Babes. Woo! And we have a special guest today. Zach Clark. Zach Clark, Mr. Zach Clark. Back. And he is an art history book. We're not talking about Catholics this time. We did talk about hella Catholics. Oh, last we time. got real church. You know last what? Time. We did, but I really loved it. I thought it was great. Oh yeah. I mean, how can you talk how can you talk about Karina Kent and not talk about Catholicism? Karita. 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 Oh we my god. Can you guys can you guys please? <laughs> I'm trying so hard. We have been poolside, let me tell you. Let me tell you about how we've been poolside for like the last two and a half hours drinking copious amounts of whiskey and ginger ale. So good luck, everybody else. (laughs) So luck to you all. I don't know about everyone else, but we'll be fine. (laughs) We're fine. (laughs) 10,000 people just shut off. (laughs) Yeah, they were like, oh, it's going to be one of those. Goodbye. Today, we, we've got a couple of episodes planned, but this one is about Robert Rauschenberg. And Bob Rausch. Oh my God, it's windy be, out here. B Rausch. We're recording outside. We're Clean. on the beach. <laughs> <laughs> the we're not beach. on the beach. Yeah. No, we're actually here right now. 
while Coachella is happening, Beyonce is probably like getting ready to take the stage with her 100 backup dancers. That Walmart kid is yodeling. Oh, yeah. yeah. What? <laughs> I never saw the video. Oh, I just see a lot of outrage oh, no. about Dang. the yodeling kid. I haven't heard anything about this. Keep it that way. I've only okay. heard the remixes. There's a really good Cholo remix. <laughs> I love it. It's really good. It's, it's a meme of this young young skinny boy yodeling in a Walmart. He's like, oh, no. What oh. else? <laughs> what does he say? I like don't remember. Yodel, yodel, yodel. Like, he what do you yodels? say? Like, really, like, he's good at it. He he's is very good at, good at yodeling. Yeah. Like, how? Okay. God damn that's, it. That's I know. It's, it's hard. It's hard. We're, we try to stay on top of these things, <laughs> but we just can't. Okay. So I have a feeling this episode's probably going to go on all sorts of tan- tangents anyway. So let's just jump in. Let's jump. Let's jump in. Robert Rauschenberg. We're talking about Robert Rausch. R. Roush, B. Roush, whatever. B. Roush. B. Roush. That's pretty good. That's good. Broush. <laughs> we should name the episode Broush, dude. Broush. Zach is shaking his head and rubbing his forehead and tumble. He says no. No. He making a no motion across his throat. We are not starting over. It's, yeah. We, don't, we don't do that, Zach. No. That doesn't happen here. We're talking about Broush. Hieronymus <laughs> Broush? <laughs> Dude, it's good. Hieronymus Brausch. Been there, done that. Bruh. Oh. We're talking about um, Yeah, you should, you should check out our Hieronymus Bosch episode. It's out there. It's really check good. It out. Also, um, Robert Rauschenberg. Yeah. All right. So He's not going anywhere. <laughs> no. <laughs> he was born October 22nd, 1925. Oh, I didn't realize he was Libra. He was a Libra. Yeah, he's, that's cuspy, isn't it? Isn't that Libra? Uh, it's almost Scorpio. Yeah. I think, is that considered that's a good cusp? cusp? Is yeah. that cusp? Okay. 20. Oh, cusp. cusp. It's a good cusp. It's a good cusp. Um, cusp. He he, uh, died May 12th, 2008. No. That's a good day to die. (laughs) (laughs) It's like polar opposite reaction. (laughs) No. No, we didn't. That's wrong. We're successfully making another episode I can't tell my students about. Stop it. Stop it. (laughs) You guys, stop it. No. I'm sorry. Like, was that, did you not know he was dead? Or like, what? I don't know. What was was the genesis of that reaction? (laughs) I just didn't want him to die. I just didn't. I just didn't want him to die, dude. Oh my god! I wanted him to be alive. Well, he's dead. Um, I wanted him to be alive. I'm so sorry. (laughs) Sorry. Oh Oh my god. All right. Okay. Back on track. We're gonna get back on track. All right. So Robert Rauschenberg was a very important name throughout modernism, from abstract expressionism into the world of pop art. He worked in various mediums. Um, he was strongly influenced by Duchamp. Nice. He, I think, first came across Duchamp in like the 1950s, and mm-hmm. the concept of the ready-mades by Duchamp would lead to what are known as Rauschenberg's combines, mm. which we'll get into a little bit more, but his combines are hardcore mixed media work. He would 
combine found object with abstract painting or collage to create something that was super multimedia. And while that I think is fairly common contemporarily, he was one of the first pers- people to be doing that. One of the things he is most well known for is the erased de Kooning, um, which we'll talk about in detail a little bit more as well, in which he erased a de Kooning drawing. Willem de Kooning at the time was like a big fucking deal. Like he was selling for more money than like anyone else in the abstract expressionist movement was selling for. Like he was a big deal at that moment. And Rauschenberg was like, I'm going to erase this shit. In his early years, he actually studied pharmacy for a while, pharmaceuticals. Wow. And then he served in the Navy. What? Yeah. And um, my grandpa was in the Navy. In maybe the they Navy. knew each other. Rauschenberg and Ginny's yeah. grandpa. Ed Van Dyne. Ed Van Dyne. Ed yeah. Van Dyne. He, um, Thank you for your what service. A name. Yeah, man. Thank you, Ed. And he had like polio as a young child, no. so he was like Jesus. partially crippled so he's like on FDR. one side. Yeah. And he's yeah. still Greatest serving American the Navy. President. Wow. Yeah. Damn. Ed. We'll do a separate podcast about <laughs> about Ed Van Dyne. I would love to be on if we get through Babe's FDR episode. If we get through this podcast episode, we will do an episode on Mr. Ed Van Dyne. Ed Van Dyne and FDR. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. All right. FDR. All right. He was in the Navy for a while, and then after his time served, he came out and was looking for something completely different. Apparently, um, he studied art with Joseph Albers as one of his painting instructors. Wow. Lucky, lucky man. Right. Black Mountain College. Black Mountain College. Black Mountain College. Um, Where is that, Zach? North Carolina was. North Carolina. Which is really interesting because the work of Joseph Albers and the work of Rauschenberg is so, 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 so different. Mm -hmm. I read something about how Rauschenberg, he attributed his ability to kind of go against authority to Mm. Joseph Albers. So if nothing else, like Joseph Albers kind of taught him to question those kind of things, which, you know, maybe explains why their styles are so incredibly different. He's often referred to as a neo-Dadaist. I like that. I like that, too. It's interesting, though, because there is so much expressionism in his work, too, at the same time. So I feel like, yeah, like abstract expressionism meets Dada into like segueing into the world of pop art. There's a lot going on with Rauschenberg. He did mm. a lot of things. Mm-hmm. And our friend Zach knows a lot about those things. And he has a lot of feelings. <laughs> so he's going to share them with us. We're so excited we're, we're to hear what he them. has to say. So I'll go on the record as a non-Duchampian. I think oh. Duchamp is boring. <gasps> I think that Duchamp... I, that is like, I understand oh. not liking him, but boring is an how, interesting How move. dare? I think that... <laughs> how I dare that Duchamp you? was just kind of like half thought out ideas that weren't like very interesting yet. You know what, Zach? We don't, we don't agree. We do not agree, <laughs> Zach I Clark. I don't agree or I don't no. disagree. Oh, no. This, this sounds like a oh, Patreon episode. This is a very hot take. Speak into the mic, Mr. Zach Clark, um, and tell us about your bad opinions. <laughs> Plead your case, Mr. Clark. <laughs> oh, no. <laughs> but this is, so, and, and I really hate that, like, because I love Dada, and I hate when Duchamp gets thrown in as, like, as a part of Dada, where like he was, he was peripheral. Oh, um, he's the father of Dada. Bullshit. <laughs> um, <laughs> oh, we, but, we should do because we've already done a Duchamp episode, which you should check out. But we could totally do a Patreon extra where we just debate the different <laughs> sides of Duchamp. That would <laughs> yeah. be pretty Get into good. Into an extreme fight, which, the combine. I 
am fairly certain the goat combine is the first combine in air quotes. Okay. Is a painting that lays flat and then has a stuffed goat on top of it. And it's Why a not? it's like a long haired goat. Um, and the longer the hair on the goat the better. Exactly. Um, I mean that's what I always say. <laughs> black Phillip. <laughs> How <laughs> comes up again. <laughs> Hashtag Black Phillip. <laughs> Every time. Which I think bed might actually become before come before the goat. Yeah, bed's really good. Yeah. And so so Rauschenberg had this way of of making work that existed in painting space that came off the wall in a relief sort of way. And so the bed is literally the bed he slept on that he okay. put into a frame and then painted over. And then the goat, which I wish I knew the name of it off the top of my head, which if one of you wants to Google that and find out the right answer, that'd be great. It is literally a full painting that sits on the ground, you know, parallel to the ground, and then has a full goat with a tire around the body oh. in the middle of it. Monogram. Yeah. Monogram, thank you. To my understanding, was like one of the first paintings that really did that. Where like, is it a sculpture? Is it a painting? Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, people yeah, really yeah, yeah. didn't know. Yeah. And which I feel like it's interesting talking about him now because when you look at visual art in the past, like ten to twenty years, mm-hmm. like so much of that has been done. Yeah, so much. Like, let's put sculpture and painting and collage together, and like yeah. so much mixed media has been done. It's like hard. To imagine a moment where people are like, oh, that's new. Yes. You know what I mean? Yeah. No, totally. Leonardo Drew, which is arguably one of the bigger painters, quote unquote, today, but that might be a contentious point to take. Like Leonardo Drew's work is nothing but these sculptural elements that exist in a relief space. They are completely in a line with Rauschenberg's combine and these paintings that come off the wall. There's currently one. It's the main entrance when you enter the young. Uh, in oh, San Francisco yeah. for yeah, Bay yeah, Area yeah, listeners. Yeah, yeah. yeah, It's just kind of scraps of things that he makes into this textural, mm-hmm. like they're not a sculpture for no. sure. Yeah. They, ex- they exist on the wall, but they aren't yeah. a painting either. But he paints everything. So it is really in this confusing space. Mm-hmm. And he, 50, 60 years into the future, like mm-hmm. that is a direct lineage. Right, right. Yeah. So yeah, the combine, the combine aesthetic. I don't know. I for some reason like looking at Rauschenberg and thinking about Rauschenberg just sends me back to like being like a teenager and like going to like local art shows. I could be making this up, but like in the early 2000s, like 2007 to like 2012-ish, mm. I feel like there was so like I feel like everyone was doing that. They were like yeah. collage work and planting things on it and like it felt like I saw that all the time and I thought yeah, it was dude. dope. Like definitely no, not for sure. talking down to it, but I remember I guess I remember being younger and being super into that aesthetic and I didn't even necessarily knew, know where it came from. Mm-hmm. So I feel mm-hmm. like now like learning more about Rauschenberg is like that that's where that started and I think what always pulled me to it even if it wasn't actual Rauschenbergs, it was this like combine type aesthetic was mm-hmm. like what Rauschenberg was trying to do with a lot of his work and what he did that was so influential was this idea of bringing things that weren't that weren't beautiful necessarily and weren't high-minded necessarily. Right. Bringing in things that were dirty or bodily right. or like they were grittier. Yes. And I definitely and- like as a... 16 year old identified with totally. that. I liked the grit of it yes. and I thought it was very interesting. And that is always, I mean, you can trace that back to so many different periods and so many different artists when like anyone brings in something that is like way more visceral and just 
not of like the kind of higher brow society that that is something that is just going to make waves mm-hmm. Caravaggio in the bottom of the feet dude mm-hmm. that is exactly what I was thinking of when I was I saying like that. that I like that that's a great yeah because I, I I love to think of history as very cyclical it's, and how it's all pattern based exactly right? it's like repeating cyclical things where like i mean it always changes upon the context of yeah. course but discomfort is discomfort right and people right. respond to it the same way <laughs> yeah and i right. think whatever the i discomfort. think exactly and throughout time we keep like wrapping back around yes. and bringing that into art in yes. like a new way exactly exactly like just bringing a certain aspect of life and a kind of shared experience to like the greater stage of viewing and that is always something that's going to be relevant yeah and I think bed's a a perfect example totally because it elicits like ideas of bodily Mm -hmm. things bodily experience exactly bodily in like such a real concrete way like you you Mm -hmm. can't get much like having a bed (laughs) you know like right it's literally his bed beds are such interesting places like you think about all like the fluids and like all the like you know know what that's true that's true the fluids (laughs) (laughs) fluids in your bed I'm here Uh, I am here and the reason why I'm jumping in is because that's that's true there are fluids in your bed (laughs) I don't remember who brought up the visceralness of Rauschenberg and that he paved the way for that kind of feeling within yeah Mm-hmm. modernist art oh. yep. um, and I hate Bruce Connors his work makes yeah. me feel so gross <laughs> okay and yeah. just like yeah. like yeah. like when you talk about visceralness he's near the top of the list but you bring that up right now I was like wait Rauschenberg paved the way for Bruce Connors yeah, and may, I, I yeah. might be I might be um, slightly diminutive to Bruce Connors by saying such a thing, but like it, you can say what you want. It, like, it's I now suddenly want to really think of Bruce Connors yeah. in a new way. Yeah. Oh God, his work makes me so uncomfortable, but it is visceral <laughs> at its core, and you're totally right. And I mean, that's just always going to be something that gets attention. And there's a lot to be said for that. And I think that Rauschenberg, like, deserves a lot of credit in that degree. Mm-hmm. I didn't think about the Bruce angle, but that is a good point. Yeah, like, no, he made gross really okay. I know, dude. Uh, in a really <laughs> interesting way. He made so gross. No, uh, so okay. Yeah. <laughs> he, was, um, he was married to, and I'm a terrible person remembering her Vi- name. Vile. Her last name was Vile. What was her first name? 1953. Viola. Uh, Viola Vile. Uh, I made that up. <laughs> that sounds like a superhero. He was married while at Black Mountain College um, oh, to no, a baby. female. And then oh, no, it's baby. really unclear if... So, so um, to be clear, because we're throwing out a lot of names, Rauschenberg. Yes. Robert yes, 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 Rauschenberg yeah. was married and he had a divorce from his wife in 1953. Can we get a name? Okay, you know what? Don't give me a bad time. Because she was also an artist, and the last thing we want is wife of Rauschenberg. I know, know, right? Oh, I didn't know that she was an artist. Mm -hmm. What the hell was her name? Y'all, Just Google wife of... I'm doing it. Well, Jen looks looks (laughs) us up. damn it. I'm doing it. Robert and Cy Twombly became friendly 
And he, inside Twombly, was given a grant to go make work in Italy for several years and Jealous. invited Rauschenberg along with him. Sure. And he actually took photos the whole time he was there, which is, which is a bit yeah. of a departure from what he's making. But also you could argue that what he was making before, he was, you know, an undergrad and he right. didn't have a style yet. And so Italy with Cy Twombly kind of helped him kind of figure out what he was making. I bet. Fair. I bet that... Italy with Cy Twomley helped him figure out what he was making. In the meantime, he was married to Suzanne Wheel, W-E-I-L. They had a divorce in 1953. They had a divorce. I just wanted to make that known that while your boy, Bob Rausch, was having a great time with Mr. Twomley out there, um, he was married. So just know that. They were on the outs for sure, but just know that. Yeah, no. I feel like this is very quickly divulging to a friends. We were on a break argument. <laughs> Don't go too far into this. I just know that that's the thing. Anyway, Don't go too far. Let's go, let's go back. Let's Don't go back. Go chasing waterfalls. All right. So the conversation is going an interesting direction. We're at we're at a pool party. We have a lot of great people here with great insight. So many great minds. We have so many great minds. And so we're gonna pull in our babe Faith. You may know her from our alchemy episode, Mm. from our tarot episode. She was also our featured artist. We love her. She's great. And she's crisp. (laughs) She's gonna come in, jump in, and jump into this conversation. Faith. Yes, hello. Hello. You may know me. I was working in the corner. Maybe five minutes ago, shaking my head at things Zach was saying. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. And then he ushered me over uh, about a conversation we had a few nights ago. Do you want to do you want to clue us all in on this convo, Zach? Well, so we were talking about how artists seem to have a attraction to other artists that they really respect and appreciate their work. mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Yeah. There was an undercutting opinion that I had of like really great like accountants like are attracted to each other. Um, okay. That is literally the last place I know. No, 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 no. And and so it was more of a like are are artists weird or do people within a field like feel an attraction towards each other? I think I mean Um, they spend a lot of time around each other. I think that's a huge part of it. Oh no. So I, no, too, no, I don't think it's honest. that. I think it's more of the like when I see an artist that like I have followed their work, mm-hmm. I'm like, wow, I want to know you mm-hmm. biblically. No, I, wow. I mean, like, yeah. I, I, yeah. I 100% <laughs> get that. And, and I, is there like an account that's like, shit, these taxes I, I, are I'm, so fresh? Maybe. I could be speaking falsely. I'm thinking about, but I'm inclined to say no. See, I'm thinking about like on Parks and Rec when the accountants like love Ben Wyatt yeah, so much oh, because he's yeah. so funny. Right. I love Ben Wyatt no, so me much. Me too. Yeah. I would marry him. Might just get to like understanding like your core yeah. in a no, really unique that's, way. Exactly. That's a very good that point. That's a very good passions. point. I think that's a part of it, but I think at least for me, there's like a viscerality and passion that's a part of art. Yes. That, yeah. you know, that you don't get when you're an no. accountant. No, it's no like offense directly then, we need accountants. with sexuality. But yeah. You can't yes. help Ooh. it. Yeah. No, I that's agree. True. I agree. So the question I posed, because we've jumped ahead a little bit to talk about how Robert Rauschenberg first had a relationship with Cy Twombly mm-hmm. that was, I would argue, very formative in yeah. his creative practice. Yeah. Like, 
I can't imagine being a like 24 year old that an artist 15 years your senior was like, hey, I got this residency and I'm being paid to oh go there. God. Come I'd, with me dream. while I yeah. make paintings. I would think yeah. I was the coolest shit ever. It's pretty unreal. And then in the near future, he had a relationship with Jasper Johns. Right. And they really were kind of a powerhouse duo, but it was kind of an under the radar like duo. Yeah. Um, and so the question that I had posed to Faith based on our conversation from a week ago was like, if you, because I'm not in a relationship with a fellow, with an artist, when you feel those feelings, when somebody starts making bad work, do you like stop being attracted to them or does your attraction to them make you kind of blind to their work getting bad? Hmm. Well, and my take on this is if your attraction is mostly based on their work, then yes, you're mm-hmm. not going to be attracted to them. Yeah. But if your attraction is only like a small sliver or just like less of a fraction yeah. mm-hmm. than their personality, then no, you're going to you're going to want to help them. You're going to be like, right. "Babe, you're not on a yeah. right track." Yeah, exactly. This, exactly. Or this is how I answer, feel about yeah. your work right now. Yeah. Uh, Baby, like, your feel- shit is whack. <laughs> Please Your shit get is whack, babe. I'm not gonna leave you. I want to help. I would say well, this because if, I if love my you. lover we- was an artist, I would say, babe. Your shit is whack, but I love you. Get that under control. Can we can we put your shit is whack? Please get better on a t-shirt. Yes, <laughs> yes, yes. We can. Yes, we can. That's I would also really like to good. say that Paul's shit is never whack. It's always great. So that I don't. Paul's have amazing. Paul's great. And Faith Ever. has never had to tell Paul that his shit was whack because it was awesome. Paul is her. Where is Paul? Mother. Is he just like in he's the- working on a shit that's not whack right yeah. now? I just want everyone. <laughs> to know that Paul is Faith's lover. You guys, this is and worse than good. the bullshit no, episode. This is worse no, than the bullshit it. episode. No, stop it. I also just want to take a second to say that Faith has a wonderful voice for podcasts. She's she beautiful. Yeah, she Her does. voice is amazing. In the I've been very self-conscious about it. So no, baby. You shouldn't be. No, you have a beautiful so voice. Good. Wow. I want to be a lover. Do, <laughs> do, do. We're going to take a commercial break (laughs) and we're going to reset. I want to be a lover. (laughs) Okay, and we're back and we're going to get a little bit more on message for the second half of this episode. (laughs) We're talking about Robert Rauschenberg. We're currently kind of entrenched in he had many interesting love affairs mm, within the art yeah, world um, we chatted a little bit about him and Cy Twombly we don't have a lot of information but they were together and mm-hmm. making art and mm-hmm. you, you know how that is making love making art exactly that's the way to do it it's a good way to do it, it, I, is, believe it yeah. I believe it but now a second heavy hitter of the art world that Rauschenberg had a bit of a relationship with Jasper Johns Ooh. So it doesn't seem to be like a common topic within the art world. It sounds like a lot of institutions tend to avoid talking about it. Zach, I don't know if you would be. No, this more. is actually kind of an interesting topic in the fact that a lot of institutions kind of shy away from yeah, the, the relationship that mm-hmm. Johns and Rauschenberg had. Yeah, and we've, I mean, we've kind of touched on this with, like, the idea of modernism and especially abstract expressionism being the, like, most masculine of Mm -hmm. movements Mm -hmm. and kind of this mentality. So maybe it has something to do with that. If it's, like, an American modernist movement, you know, you've got to be 
masculine and everything that that may mean. Especially at that time, masculine exactly. definitely right. wasn't associated yeah. with being homosexual at the time. But, uh, you know, as this was the preferred mentality, Jasper Johns and Robert Rauschenberg did have a six-year or so relationship throughout mm-hmm. the 1950s mm-hmm. that Zach, I think, has some insight on. More than just that was, I mean, that was really when Rauschenberg was making a lot of his combines and making a lot of what, if you were to Google Rauschenberg, like the work that comes up would be that period. Mm -hmm, And same with Jasper Johns that the, you know, his target paintings, those were the exact same time period. And so really they were making what arguably is their most impactual artwork to date while in a relationship together, which I find to be a really interesting thing. Mm -hmm. Um, But then also, for those of you, again, that have been in the Bay, there was a piece of the SF MoMA during his retrospective that was this really black and gray screen printed, one of his earlier screen printing paintings that was on loan from Jasper Johns that was kind of a nothing painting. And I, I didn't think about it at all until... I stopped to read the didactic that that's who it was from Mm -hmm. and then really spent a lot of time trying to think about and really interested in the idea that like for fellow artists out there, you know, that like how when you're really intimately connected with another artist, be it, you know, you share a studio space Mm -hmm. or you're romantically involved, what have you, that like there you have a deeper insight to the painting. And so this painting that just seemed like whatever, the fact that it was the painting that Jasper wanted um, was really something that made me want to think more about it and try to figure out like if this was actually more of a cipher into his work than I was willing to consider yeah Yeah, yeah, no I think that's that's a really good point I think that's a really good point and I just feel like that's not well I mean it happens a decent amount in art history where you have different artists that are romantic partners or partners in not necessarily romantic terms but it's something that I don't really have any personal experience with so I can't be like Oh, yes. But it seems very profound. (laughs) And it seems like something where when you look at the work of like two artists who are like very involved intellectually and emotionally and physically and all that, and you kind of like put those works side by side, like you can draw a lot of really interesting conclusions from that. I'm just reminded of like our conversation um, in the Women of Abstract Expressionism episode when we talked about Lee Krasner Mm -hmm. and we talked about like they had a very intense relationship, (laughs) Mm -hmm. Jackson Pollock and Lee Krasner, and they both worked so hard all the time and their work is clearly influenced by one another right. and unfortunately we only hear about one of them exactly. so often even but, though the others is better yeah there's really interesting crossovers both totally. ways because it's such an intense thing yeah like it's, yeah it's such a like symbiotic but like it's just a really interesting exchange of like ideas and emotion and it comes out in these visual ways that once you know the context behind it, you can really read into a lot of it and interpret a lot about it. But it's also something that's like a little bit obtuse at the same time because it's based off of relationships. And like you don't you don't know unless you're in it, really. That's yeah. what I was going to yeah. say. I, I feel like on one side, I want to say that, you know, creativity cultivates more creativity. Mm-hmm. So if you have yeah. two creative artistic people who are doing that as a profession together, obviously that's going to perpetuate the idea of just thinking that way all the time. But at the same time, 
had Zach not known that that was from Jasper Johns, he wouldn't have looked any more into it. So there yeah. is that exterior kind of like we're projecting something right. in. Like it's it's both. Like how many things have we overlooked in history because we just didn't know the context? So mm-hmm. it kind of can work mm-hmm. both ways. And yeah. and then bringing up the Lee Krasner, Jackson Pollock thing, or sorry, Mr. Lee Krasner. <laughs> then, Lee Krasner and Mr. Lee Krasner. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> then, yeah, then it kind of brings the whole gender ni- dynamic, which is... Mm-hmm. You know, I don't even want to say interesting because it's almost just annoying because it shouldn't be a thing. The fact that Rauschenberg and Johns were two men. And so rather than talking about it in terms of their relationship, like institutions just decide to like pretend it didn't kind of happen. Wait, so are you sort of suggesting that the avoidance of discussing their relationship is because there isn't a like dominant subdominant doesn't it kind of seem like it i hadn't thought of it before this conversation but that's how it's sounding as we're talking about it definitely has something to do with marginalized groups because i mean you have both like the homosexuality angle and then the fact that that you don't have this relationship of male and woman which is talked about so often in in regards to abstract expressionism we've talked about this so many times is like there's so many male female like power couples in abstract expressionism and yeah exactly you have the dominant subdominant so I think I think it's complicated but I think you're totally right I think there's something going on there involving multiple marginalized groups yeah, that dude. is creating an avoidance uh, that's so yes. interesting yeah wow yeah I don't even know how to create a hierarchy do you need to take a break and think about it <laughs> well no I'm just thinking about a hierarchy of like John's Rauschenberg I mean I know where I fall yeah. but like that's arbitrary Right. Maybe this is why they didn't want to do it, is they couldn't decide. <laughs> God, but what a like shitty dynamic. Yeah. Like you can't. I can't be two imagine it was easy. Yeah. No. No. Totally. I I can't even imagine that. I really can't because mm. that would be very very difficult to do in a healthy way from multiple perspectives. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Like one of the things that I to like walk further down the path, I guess one of the things that I do find really interesting about Rauschenberg in a way that I don't feel like was true for a lot of other artists of his time mm. was he was so open about his collaboration, about how much information yeah, he yeah. took from other people. Totally. Um, like again, one of the pieces no, in the retrospective, yeah. th- there was this piece short circuit that was in yep. the, the retrospective of the SF MoMA that right. He had him and a bunch of other friends had applied for a show and he was the only person who got accepted. Mm-hmm. So he made a piece that had a lot of these doors that were again were like entry points to the combine that yeah. had tiny pieces from all of his friends, including yes. a really tiny Jasper Johns target yeah. that then was stolen. That like- um that was That was stolen? Yeah, it was stolen. So the one that's in the show that like now that's part of the official piece is a recreation that isn't even by Jasper Johns by somebody else sure yeah and and so that idea that he was really all about bringing his friends along which is so nice because that especially is something that you don't see like all do we have a little bug friend I'm sorry (laughs) he was crawling on my leg (laughs) he looks like a combination of a red ant and a lightning bug I don't know what he is, though. I think that he's been around on the for, topic of bringing for your friends thousands along. of years. <laughs> <laughs> Let's jump back in. Let's jump back really in. Good guys. We, we were, were doing great. Let's keep going. going. We were talking about Rauschenberg's willingness to um, acknowledge his, 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 yep. his collaborations. Okay. So I heard, I was listening to a podcast, actually. On the way here, I was listening to multiple podcasts on Robert Rauschenberg because traffic was a nightmare. Mm. And one thing they, they really talked about was the whole collaboration thing. And that's another thing that he was very, especially when you look at 
the time period when he was an artist. Mm-hmm. Like it was very much about being, you know, an individual an artist. In- exactly. Yeah. Abstract yeah. expressionism. Jackson Pollock like had an identity. Oh, yeah. And he was Jackson yes. Pollock. And like, you know, even going back to like Pablo Picasso, like had an identity. It was exactly. very much. But yeah. That like concept of the artist where it's like exactly. all from his own mind. Yes. yes and it's all his. very independent. <laughs> And so, no, I I think that Rauschenberg deserves a lot of credit in the degree of, like, being in the mind of, like, collaboration. And he was really working with with other folks in a a really interesting way. Like, all of his screen-printed work, which I would argue the combines are important, but his screen-printed work is really what is kind of the most aesthetically celebrated of his work. Yes, yes. And that, like, he was very upfront about the fact that, like, he learned a screen print from Andy Warhol. That he just came to the factory one day and was like, oh, this is interesting. I want to bring this into my work. Exactly. And, I mean, I feel like that is the really wonderful part about art when artists are collaborating with one another and they're open to collaborating Mm -hmm. with one another. It's not always like that. I also feel like it's just really interesting with Rauschenberg visually because like we said he was you know he created combines basically this underlying current of combination of ideas Mm -hmm. was Mm -hmm. so important so like i like that while he did that individually he also turned it in into the world of working with other artists and combining his ideas with other artists and creating something new and that also speaks to all the different styles he worked in like we said dada neo dada pop art It's incredibly impressive. Yeah. How he wasn't limited to one kind of niche. Yeah, definitely. And literally all it takes is just dropping your ego. It's not like he really like did anything that revolutionary except just dropped his ego and decided that his work was going to be his work no matter how like forthright he was about it. So why not just give credit to where credit's due and collaborate and make good art? Like Yeah. Yeah, it's exactly. not that hard. Exactly. Do we want to talk about the most infamous of semi-collaborations? Yeah. Like, I mean, I it, feel like this ties in really well to our uh, iconoclasm slash yeah. destruction of art episode. It I does. think it came up very briefly. An oldie, maybe. but a goodie. Iconoclasm is really good, and I feel like it might get looked over, but Iconoclasm was like a really good episode. Iconoclasm <laughs> is also just like a very important topic regardless of the time yeah. period that you're talking about because iconoclasm has been around for a long time and it will continue to be around exactly for long past we're alive <laughs> exactly there's so many it just is there's yeah. so many good stories in that episode no, totally. so if you haven't listened to it go back and listen to the iconoclasm episode but that definitely i agree applies to one of his most well-known works you know it's definitely probably been talked about in your modern art 101 course and it's erased de kooning mm-hmm. um which is yeah icono iconoclastic is that a word Icono- yeah, <laughs> um, yes. of the iconoclastic that's, nature yes it's, no, it's definitely iconoclastic yeah. in some way to give you a little background of the story Rauschenberg was young he was in his 20s and he kind of had this idea and he actually played with erasing his own work yeah. a few times which um, is really interesting. I know. He, yeah. he, he, he had this idea of like, because he was really concerned with, you know, the, the big questions, like what is art and, and all of that. Yeah, and he, he played with erasing his own work and he just didn't get 
the results he wanted or like the feeling he wanted so he got this idea and he went over to de Kooning's house you know mm-hmm. and he was in his 20s de Kooning was a really well-known artist at the time knocks on his door apparently he was hoping Hello, sir yeah he, apparently he was hoping de Kooning wasn't gonna answer <laughs> but he did answer i know that vibe yeah and <laughs> and rauschenberg told him his idea and de Kooning was into it he's like all yeah. right let's do it <laughs> and so they go into like his studio and start looking through work and and there were a few different contenders and de Kooning like pulled up different ones and and apparently at one point he pulled one up and then he was like no not that one it has to be something i would miss Oh yeah, and then he he found okay. he found the image. We don't know how many erasers it took, but it was a drawing, and de Kooning erased the whole thing. Rauschenberg erased the whole thing. Yeah, sorry, Rauschenberg erased the whole de Kooning drawing. And thank you for that. And then he, you know, kind of put it out there, and at first it didn't get much attention at all. Like no one really thought anything about it. But over time, it became a little more scandalous mm-hmm. and a little bit mm-hmm. more of a big deal. Right. And then over more time, once we started having like art conservators with like X-ray power and shit, people started X-ray, power. X-ray powers. <laughs> people started looking at the erased de Kooning to try and see what the drawing was underneath. And apparently de Kooning was not into that. And then it created yeah. some drama yeah. between the two of them because de Kooning was like, this was between you and me, but like this was not, you know. And Rauschenberg just kind of like brushed it off and didn't really feel like that was part of the deal or yeah. anything. Yeah, yeah. You know, it's all incredibly widely talked about artwork, yes. yeah. both in terms of, you know, the act of erasing it. Like, is that an artwork? Is that more of a performance? Like, what is that oh, exactly? It brings about so many interesting questions. Is it a drawing? Yeah. yeah. I show dude. it to my drawing students every semester. Yeah. To the befuddledness of all of them. Yes. <laughs> And that's the point. Just, yeah. that just the point? straight befudded. Yeah, they are, yeah, there is nothing but you befud. just don't know. <laughs> befud all around. You have to think about it. You, uh, it's it, Nat yeah. does not approve of the conjugation of that verb. No, I love it. No, I'm into it. I'm into Quite it. the opposite. She's befudded. In the best of ways, I'm befudded. <laughs> yeah, and it it can be rather befuddling um, because. The image, if you just look at it, it is. It's an erased drawing. You don't see much of anything, you know. Um, You have to know the story to get any of the background. And that's exactly what Rauschenberg was trying to do. He was asking questions about what what equates to art and what makes art meaningful. I was going to say, that's like my bread and butter. That's what gets to my soul is kind of when you have to know some backstory. I don't know why, and I don't even want to like preach that to people because if it isn't what you're interested in, I don't think it should be. But that's what I crave in art is knowing more like yeah I totally agree and also also just asking the big questions which in with this work Rauschenberg is asking the biggest of questions he's asking what is art what makes art how can we make art like big ass questions and I love asking big questions so I I definitely appreciate that in this work as well which that really kind of leads nicely into a lot of his work I would argue his less famous and later career work. At one point, he moved to Florida, and because he was traveling so much, he didn't need to be in New York. He's a big enough name. He also just needed more space. You know, even in the '70s, when you know you hear about all these artists that are living in entire flats, he wanted warehouses. And nice. by moving to Florida, he slowly bought property that all surrounded this beachfront property that he had, and just had junk kind of living there. 
and was started to do some really interesting projects with some interesting people. He he did a project with NASA that was kind of figuring out like what can I make with art this way? He That's was, dope. I didn't know that. Yeah, yeah, he was doing a lot of traveling to India and other at the time third world nations, really trying to find like what was beautiful in these places. You could talk forever about the like potential problematics of this but like him seeking out specifically very specific indigenous textiles of india and really trying to flip the paradigm of like the negatives of these developing worlds and how but finding the beauty in them to then kind of make that into art and he started to make this work that i used to really think was just dumb and i had no interest in but recently have really come around on there's there's an ephemeralness and a looseness and again we could argue the appropriationness of it but this trying to like bring a mainstream beauty to things that are otherwise disregarded by like the you know cultural elites if you will really ended up becoming some really interesting work, but then also at the same time making this really kind of lowbrow work that lived exactly behind it. Like his work that the hiccups that was all these really tiny paintings and transfers, whatever that were all zipped together by like zippers that he found just in a fabric store. And so really kind of pushing this idea that Nat was just talking about of the like bringing beauty to unbeautiful things that really has kind of been a overarching thing that we've been talking about. Yeah. Or I think, I think even expanding what beauty can mean. Mm -hmm. Yes. You know? Yes. But then at the same time, he was really doing this thing that I didn't know about until just recently. The ROSI, the Rauschenberg Overseas Cultural Exchange. That was this, this, this body of work that he was making that was, again, we're talking 70s, 80s, of working with developing nations to bring art installations there and bring these bodies of work there that were not necessarily in galleries and trying to work with governments when he could of going to create this kind of cultural exchange that is not dissimilar from a Fulbright or a a Rotary, what we're doing today, but he was doing it completely on his own. Sometimes like the Chinese were not happy about it, but there were a lot of other Southeast Asian countries that actually really were celebrating, welcoming this American blue chip artist coming to bring work. And he was really kind of about, collapsing that hierarchy because of how much he had traveled and how much of the world he'd seen and really kind of wanting to bring it all together in this really altruistic if not flawed but like really beautiful way yeah yeah Mm -hmm. definitely i think that's totally fair i like that altruistic but flawed Mm -hmm. but like what isn't you know like i true i i like that it's definitely complicated and and worthy of further discussion but i i like the way you talk about mm-hmm. it a lot I, yeah i think that's that's a really interesting direction that his work went in yeah, for sure it's uh, not fair to always draw such harsh lines between like things being like purely problematic like there's a time and a place yeah. for saying like that is problematic but it's not always the case sometimes there are these more gray areas where you have to do a little bit more of sifting I mean, through the intention en- the entire study of anthropology is a gray area yeah right you know? yeah. exactly <laughs> great point well, and yeah. so so many artists like you know this is something going on right now especially within america there is this like artist's job is to be the critiquer yeah, um, and yeah. is, is to be the commentator yeah. and rauschenberg seemed to have this really kind of optimistic feel about the world that especially recently i've started to find really refreshing yeah that yeah. he like really kind of wanting to like, close down borders and wanting to make connections yeah that, yeah um, for sure i think is 
really great. He, yeah, he definitely was. I, agree. I, like, I think connection is a great word mm-hmm. to associate with him. Yeah. Yeah. He was definitely concerned yeah. with connection, which I I totally feel you. Like those are artists that I I identify with and I understand because I think in a in a greater sense, a lot of times art is just about making connections. Mm-hmm. You know, it's about making these bigger connections, and he did that on a lot of different scales. Yeah. I mean, his whole career. Right. Yeah. 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 No, totally. But yeah, Rauschenberg. Is there any anything else you really want to get into about him? <laughs> He's a beautiful, wonderful soul. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. We were trying to like honor him today. Yeah, we, we're, we're at a trying. beach. We tried. We, we <laughs> made we made signature Rauschenberg cocktails. Yep. Oh yeah. I'll, I'll put out the recipe. Don't worry about it. We'll put the recipe in. Yeah, in it'll the, be in our it'll, sources because yeah, yeah, yeah. it's academic. Yeah, we'll put the recipe in our in our sh- in our show notes for you. I really. Love Rauschenberg. He's just like a he's a beautiful, beautiful guy. Yeah, yeah. definitely. Did some some cool stuff. Definitely. He really did. And I think he deserves a lot of credit in a lot of different ways. Yeah. Which can be pretty unique for yeah. artists. I mean, there are plenty of things that we can praise practically any artist for, except for like Gauguin. Yeah, except for um, him. He's <laughs> <laughs> nope. But not him. And not not him. Not but him. no but, but, but Rauschenberg he I don't know. There's just like a lot of things that I really empathize with him on and I really respect him for mm-hmm. that. N- not necessarily all artists. I feel that yeah. kind of degree of like collective respect. It's for. something about like some sort of like genuineness. Yeah. There's, I think there's a better word because that's not a word. But, no, but I, <laughs> I agree. But no, I agree. Sincerity. There we go. Sincerity. Yeah. Not all artists are necessarily sincere. I feel like you can be a great artist without being sincere. Yes. And so when yes. you come across a great artist that is also sincere. And also he support. just was always curious. Yeah, because even even into his late his like the end of his career work when Mm -hmm. like you know full bed digital printers yeah when it went you know when a four foot Epson printer came out he figured out how can I do something new with this yeah in a way that like I wish I knew what he would do with like a Rizzo today right like that medium seems so fucking prime for him and it would just be beautiful no absolutely and i feel like more and more the further i get along in my own life's journey (laughs) um the more that i just value people in general who are curious and i feel like especially in a creative person that is curious it's just such a wonderful combination and it can really result in a lot of cool shit. As seen in the work of Rauschenberg. Curiosity, Boom. man. That's what it's all about. Be curious. Like George. <laughs> George? George. The monkey. Curious, curious George. George. Come oh. on, man. Uh. <laughs> but also be curious, curious like, like Bob. Like Bob, yeah. Be curious like Bob. Be curious like Cat. Like like be curious like George. <laughs> be curious like you. <laughs> Wow. That's beautiful. Tattoo right. that on your body and send it to me. <laughs> Wait, can we do a couple of art history babe listener shout outs if you made it this far? Yeah, yeah. of course. What do you got? Can I say thank you to Allie Reed and Lizzie? Oh my God, let me make sure Lizzie, I get your name like, right. This is the cutest. I've got a little this book is, here. This is I do. He's got a little book. This is well, so uh, this we're is talking great. about we're talking about Great Hope. So thank you so much to everyone who is an art history babes listener who decided to be part of great hope. And the fact that we are going to be showing it in Tucson in August and in Monterey in the fall. Yeah. 
I'm really hoping to show it in Dallas in next March. Yeah. Lizzie Blassing game. Let's play Dungeons and Dragons. And I know there was another one, but I'm going to be a terrible person and not remember it. Thanks for listening to the show, being part of the collection. Yeah, yeah thanks so much. Yeah, thanks thanks to thanks you for guys listening. for thanks letting for me put you. my dumb ad about Great Hope. <laughs> I only hope that the like inclusion and generosity that I try to perpetuate, Bob would be a proud of. Aww. You know, I think, I it think would. he would. I think thanks. he would. Thanks. Thanks. I think we, he would. We both had tattoo lips once i used to want one because it faded and i thought that was like cool and ephemeral oh dude. i yeah. do love the ephemerality except does now black panther make lip tattoos like overly trendy oh, oh good question oh, this is a art history babes hot takes lip tattoos cool or no longer <laughs> cool because of black panther which mm. is definitely cool yeah. I almost cried multiple times oh, that, that movie. Dude, yeah. If you haven't, you should go listen to our hot take on Black Panther. Yes. That was another good one. All right. Before we wrap up, we were going to talk about it at the beginning, but we didn't. Zach's our new feature artist. Yeah. yeah. Um, and you should definitely check out our YouTube because we're going to have all sorts of fun stuff on there, like vlogs, and we're going to talk about books, and we're going to have all kinds of cool things, including a featured artist video with Zach talking yes. about his work and giving you more details. But yeah, Zach Clark, our new You're featured artist. It. At Zach Clark is Z A C H. <laughs> yeah, he's a Zach, Zach Clark with an H. H, not a K. He's oh. a H, not a K. Fuck that. But his information will be found on our website, arthistorybabes.com, as well as the limited edition work that he is currently working on as part of the, our featured yeah. artist collaboration. So be on the lookout for that for sure. Is there anything you'd like to say about that, Zach? Or No, I'm really excited about it. It might be doomy. It might be dreamy. It might be both. <laughs> I like Doomy yeah, Dreamy. Right? Like what? Oh, really Doomy like Dreamy is Doomy and Dreamy is like is perfect. my state of mind. Right? <sighs> like every day I hit those points. Honestly, the mm. dreams I've been having lately are so freaky. We can get into it later, but they're just like very dark, but cool when I wake up and I'm like, Doomy Dreamy, this is the dreams this I've, shit. The dreams I've been having lately. So for some reason... I have been watching a ton of Gossip Girl lately. <laughs> okay, that's in a, a totally different direction than I thought I was right? going to go. Right, yeah. me too. I don't even know how it happened. Like, I really don't know how it happened. XOXO. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but as a result, my dreams have been super, like, dramatic Gossip Girl I mean, yeah. style soap how opera dreams. It's ridiculous. Meet like, you I on the steps of the Met. Dream. Meet me there, bitch. I had a dream last night. I don't even remember what was all happening, but I know I was rushing to get, like, a really nice dress to someone. Oh, yeah. <laughs> like, it was absurd. Dreams I most recently fun. had a dream that there were striped snakes in my yard, cool. and Faith and Paul and Christina were also in my yard. Sure. And I was like, guys, Catch there em. are snakes in the yard. They look all. like Shy Halud. Get out of here. <laughs> and then I t- and then they were like, no, it's cool. Take a picture. And I was like, okay. And I took my my phone out of my pocket and I couldn't read my, my phone. And I was like, guys, we're in a dream. It's okay. You can hang out with the snakes now. And we just hung out in the backyard with these snakes because I knew it was a dream. Lucid dreams, man. Nice. That's dope. That's, that's where that's it's dope. at. Yeah. And Shy Halud. Yeah. Um, right. Gossip Girl. XOXO. Shy Hallowed. Hashtag babes poolside. 
You're welcome, everyone. <laughs> Quick listener mail to wrap this whirlwind of an episode up. Uh, this comes from Caitlin. Hi, Art History Babes. Very recently, I found your podcast on iTunes during a frantic search for educational slash entertaining material to listen to on my 20-minute walk to class each day at the University of Ottawa in Ontario. Yeah, Canada. I find your episodes so, so funny and engaging, and many times Aww. I have ended up taking the scenic route just to listen longer. That's Aww. nice. I mean, Canada's a beautiful country, so I don't Bad you. Boys of the Baroque was a good episode. Oh, my gosh. <laughs> uh, particularly during Bad Boys of the Baroque, which is one of the first episodes I listened to. I'm actually writing as I'm about to graduate from my undergrad history and political science mm. in the next two weeks and will no longer be able to put off deciding what to do next. I've been accepted to MAs in art history in England, Scotland, and Toronto. Go, at, girl. As as well as law school here at home. It's time to face the music and make a decision. Go abroad. But I am worried that if I follow my academic passion to go on studying art history, I'll be taking a risk that doesn't pan out. I am a totally different person from when I came into university four years ago because of the people I've met, lessons I've learned, and opportunities I've seized. I'm just worried that the MA will not turn out the same way. I'm wondering if you are inclined to reply, if you have any insight to share about the doors your MA art history open for you hope to hear from you very best caitlin Ooh, it's a loaded question it is but a here's loaded my, question here's my answer i've got opinions um, too <laughs> we got thoughts i think it's worth it it puts yourself in a weird little niche where jobs are few and they are very competitive however i can't imagine not having done it like it changed my life for the better like legitimately so i feel like if you have We're the friends Right? We're all here. Mm-hmm. Poison, poison, Kate. <laughs> poison Gate? Poison Gate? Boyton Case. That's poison Kate. I think it's Case and Point. It's called case Big Latin. Point. Case and Point. Oh, I learned it in graduate school. So I'm going to take over from Ginny here oh, and say. Don't you steamroll me. Well, no, keep going. Okay. No, I'm done. I'm going to say that A, if you, that, um, don't go to Scotland. And Toronto, I would argue, is my second favorite city in North America. Also, if you also applied to law school, you have the hustle to make mm-hmm. your art history degree work. Great point. Dude, yeah, 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 yeah. Because you're already a little crazy. Right. <laughs> and roll with it. And, and you're there are smart. tons of cases that have to do with Holocaust restitution, mm-hmm. repatriation in Canada and the States, oh, so good. where you have to know a lot about art and art history and also law. Yeah. And it's just like a beautiful confluence. So if you got that knack, like, do it. Also... 100% agree with everything that's been said so far. But also it'd be cool to go abroad. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Well, but she already yeah. is in Canada. In She's Ottawa. To Tor- yeah, but going to Toronto is so cool. Well, I love Toronto. Okay. I think we all agree. England, Scotland, and Toronto, all great places. All so great you'll, you'll be solid Different there. Different order, but yeah. You'll it's be better solid than what there. we've got. <laughs> no, it's not. California's dope. California's I know. Right. <laughs> like, come on. I know you're right. I hate right. to admit it, but I'm willing to admit it on recording. Yeah, California California is pretty dope. California. Um, but, but so is England, Scotland, Toronto. So you have great options. I also just want to add in, I am on the side of don't ever make a decision based on fear. Yeah. Word. That was a high or five. Or money. <laughs> um, yeah. yeah. So yeah. like if you 
trust know, your gut. I'm, I'm just going off this email, but if you know, like, you have a passion for art history, but you're just afraid, f- fuck the fear, man. Like, you, I, and which is yeah. hard. I don't, you know, it's a hard thing to do, but you can't make decisions based on fear because I think in my experience and a lot of people's experience, mm-hmm. they're not going to pan out. Like, yeah. you have, even if you get exactly what you want. Yeah. You, you have to, or you think you want, you have to ignore the fear and say, like, what do I really want? What, yeah. what makes me come alive? Just look at us like what we're doing right now isn't exactly following any type of conventional path but I wouldn't change it for the world yeah like at all there is no one who could walk in here and change my mind about what I'm doing even though it's not making me a ton of money and even though it's not super conventional Mm -hmm. and that's because I'm doing what makes me feel alive so if you know that something makes you feel a certain way do it yeah. Worry about it later. Yeah. I mean, you can be smart. You can you can plan ahead, but do what it is that you know you want to do and, yeah. and push the fear aside as much as possible. And as Zach pointed out, it sounds like you already have the drive. Like you exactly. have that motivation and that drive to get you where you need to go. So just tap into that again and just keep going. Just trust. Like you sound trust. like you're doing the right thing. Exactly. Just like do what you love, work hard, and just like yeah. trust that it's going to work out. That's my best advice. It's the best advice. Yes. We all agree. We're all in consensus Art here. history. Thank you so much, Caitlin, for writing in. If you have any questions, thoughts, best of anything. Luck. You're going to be fine. Yeah, so. definitely. Best of luck to you. If you have any questions, thoughts, anything, email us at arthistorybabes at gmail.com. Thank you for listening to this episode. It was a silly one, but I think I think fairly informational think as we well. Had some really good nuggets in there. I, I we think got so real too. Emotional. We did. We did. Also, be sure to get on our YouTube. We're hitting that hard right now. So subscribe, like, comment, you know, all that business. You get to see my oldie. My moldy garage in no time. <laughs> also, follow us on all the social medias. Check out our Patreon for bonus episodes, patreon.com slash arthistorybabes. Thank you so much for listening, for supporting. You guys are seriously the best. We have the most amazing little community that we've created, and we love we you do. so much. I think Jen drowned in the hot tub. <laughs> yeah. We need to go check on Jen, so yeah. we're going to go do that. But go. <laughs> She's turning Bye. into a prune. Bye. 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 <laughs> From Cabernet to Montclair They're here to slay the art history base All right, we're going to get back on track <laughs> But before we do, I just want to clarify If your shit is whack, <laughs> make it better yeah, yeah. <laughs> The Art History Babes podcast is made possible by support from our lovely listeners via Patreon. Head over to patreon.com slash arthistorybabes to help keep the Art History Babes going and for access to bonus content.